Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. Hey, everyone. Welcome. If you're watching this on the live recording video, you will notice, I think for the first time, I'm not wearing a black card shirt and uh, I'm wearing another shirt. So I don't know why I wore a different shirt today, but I always wear the same. I'm like the architect, Mr. Rogers, in a way. So <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining the Card Custom Home and Architecture podcast. If it's your first time listening, today we are going to be starting a new mini-series that I'm calling Kitchen Bath and Beyond, somewhat like Bed Bath and Beyond. And But to get context, you'll want to go back and listen to the previous episodes all the way back to the beginning. I think we're probably 40-something in at this point. But it's all going to stem from the main idea of the architectural DNA, your architectural DNA. Now, the premise or the concept of this is that you, then the land that you buy and the codes around you make your architectural DNA. And that's where your design can stem forth from with your architect and your designer. And when you're doing a certain part of a building, you can think of it as a mini piece of architecture. Like I also do interior architecture. So designed a bar for Lineage Coffee. In the middle of the room is the bar. Now, I think of the whole room as the context in that sense, and the people and the furniture that we design make a mini context for this architectural construct in the middle. So the more I move in, each thing becomes the context for the next. So as we're thinking about the bathroom, one way of thinking about it is that now the context is the base home that we've created, and that becomes almost like the land. Now, the bathroom, especially if you want to connect to the exterior in some way, does connect to nature or your land of your DNA. But also, if you think about it, the bathroom is connected to the spaces around it. And so now that becomes the nature and the context and the structure for that can almost become an effect on it because those are rules. Now, you can go back and forth, but we've started to set up in the design. So yes, the main architectural DNA does apply to the bathroom and the kitchen, but we also want to consider now that we've made this context for it, then we're going to interact with it. And today I am going to go through the things to try to get your mind thinking about how to go about bathroom design. We're specifically going to talk about bathrooms today. Now, if you've listened to the podcast at all, another thing that I think is important is to think of things in an abstract sense. For instance, when we start architectural education, which anyone who's doing a custom home, I take you through with me kind of the idea of architectural education. And a lot of you that are my clients tend to already have done this for yourself. You're big fans of architecture around the world. There's places you've been and you've studied and read up on architecture quite a bit. So one of the concepts that we have is that we don't just stick with the label of things in two ways. When we talk about 
like sleeping when we're in school. And I always like to go back to the school setting because we want to pull back the idea to get to the root of what you're wanting for your space and then interpret it for the real life the way you're going to inhabit it. So we take the idea, let's say, instead of bedroom, we think of it as the place of regeneration for you because that's what goes on. That's the purpose of the room. So if we think of bedroom, immediately it goes to like, this is the room that holds this piece of furniture and then can lead you down ideas like, well, then I need a dresser. But if you think of it as the place of your regeneration or whatever you perceive your sleep as, for some people, it can be a place of connection to somebody else. It can be a place of privacy from the rest of the home, the rest of the people in the spaces. So for some people, it's their place of storage. You know, if you're thinking about a kid's room, oftentimes their personal things are in there. So it's not just their bedroom, it's their personal space, it's their study space in a lot of homes. So there's different ways to think about it. So we want to abstract the idea of the space back to that idea. And additionally, you want to abstract the material of what's going to go in there and how it's made. So another concept that we have is removing the label from the space. Now on the plan, when you turn it in for permit and on the drawing, it's going to say bedroom one, bedroom two, most likely. You can label it differently, but this is talking about in the conceptualizing sense. So you want to be able to abstract things. So one of the other rules we have is a material is concrete or wood or it's a siding plank or a piece of PVC or a door. But our goal is to make those things transformative and they become integrated into the whole organism. So they're not just the door, the siding. You're not looking at these pieces. It becomes a thing. Like when I think of a Victorian home, now I, that's not you know my cup of tea or something, but when I think of that the Victorian architecture or the painted ladies, I think that, you know, you see in San Francisco in Full House, everybody has their own interpretation of those, but there's all these little detailed pieces. But the way they did it, I believe, was transformative. And I almost see like a cake or something like that that becomes its own thing. All the decoration on that particular thing combined so that those individual pieces and things like that have become their own entity. They're not just their own thing anymore. So when I look at you, when you look at me, I don't think of like, well, there's that little cell right there or where's that, you know, we're made up of, I don't know if it's billions or trillions of pieces of reality, but we see the person as we are. Now, I think it's even stronger if we begin to see ourselves as a piece or an integral element of the entire creation that we've been placed here, but we're one piece of something that's all going along together. And and then that makes it a stronger idea that we're functioning for a purpose. And that's what we're going to do with your space. So I'm like getting real big, right? I'm like talking about the universe when we're really just talking about bathroom at the end of the day. So it's good to zoom in, zoom out, and look at it all together. So when you go to a bathroom, one of the first things you want to think about is what are you wanting? What's standing in the way now of what you want? Because that will lead you to it. So when you've done your architectural DNA exercise, you're going to know what the major brush strokes are, the major ideas that you're trying to accomplish with the home. So that's your jump off point. But you're going to have that same experience. What is your vision 
for the bathroom. And you can choose deliberately. I want it to contrast with the rest of the house. I want it to be very different than the rest of the house. But you start out, first of all, thinking, what do you want this thing to be? How do you want it to function? Do you want it to be just for you? And most likely you'll have multiple bathrooms. So who are they for? Is it the one for you? Is it the one for you and a spouse? Is it the one for your kids? Are your kids sharing it? Or is it just for guests? What is included in it? You know, is it a function for just going to the bathroom? Or is it for cleaning, getting ready for the day, or medical items as well? And what is needed for that? So depending on who you are, you may need different things. So that starts telling you program, what's going to make up the function of this bathroom space. And that's where it really gets fun because you start trying to combine those things together. So if you know what the function is, so let's say for an example, you know, the most popular one or the one that people tend to spend the most time and money on is the one for the homeowners, owner or owners. And so you'll list to yourself, you know, you'll go down the main things that you're going to need. I need a toilet or we want two and I want them separate from the room where the bathing and the cleaning and getting ready happens or because of the size, it's okay to be together. Some people don't really mind. Then you have the cleaning. Do you want a shower and a bathtub separate? Do you want one together? I personally like to do the Roman tub idea, at least one space in the house that can be used as a shower because it ends up looking like a shower at the end of the day and it looks more integrated in the home. But some people like to have a sculptural bath and it's a place of relaxation. They like to read there or they want to um, ponder their thoughts, listen to audiobooks, stuff like that. So they want something different. So everybody's going to have their own opinion when you're doing your custom home of how you want that to be. So we've talked about the toilet and the bathtub, but you don't really ever want to do anything. So I'm trying to learn to say that less and focus more on what is beneficial to your desire. And if you can think through the idea of the bathtub or the shower, how big it needs to be, what the function is, beyond, take a minute and think about what's catching your attention on the things that you're viewing, whether it's a lot of kitchen and bath companies still send out catalogs, oddly enough. But you know, if you're looking at them online and you're seeing trends and things like that, I would say, you know, this is coming from a minimalist architect. Think beyond whatever trends or cool things you're seeing and think about what you're really wanting or how you're wanting to function. A lot of people pay tons of money to get these like side jets put in everywhere and dual shower heads and stuff like that. Or it's focusing on a thing like this is the cool new thing to have. And to me, I would go back and think about the experience that you're wanting to have. And so the experience may be to own a thing or be able to own a thing. But I think it would be more like in the morning, I want to get up, I want to feel this way, or I like to shower before I go to bed. So I want to have easy access to, you know, a place to put my clothes I'm going to sleep in and the things that I use to get ready for bed. And in the morning, you may have a different routine. And so that will guide the things that you're wanting and take a step back from the objects or the things that you want. Now, the way you think about what you want does bring, can bring joy to you. So if there is something that's important, you know, it's okay to have fun with that as well. But you'll have your big things, right? So 
the sinks? Are you sharing them? Do you need a lot of space on the sink because you use hair dryers or you have a cologne collection? How is that integrated into the bathroom? And so you'll have your major elements. Once you have those sorted out, for a lot of people, the next two are lighting and mirrors and how important those things are to be integrated. Now, a lot of people have a full height mirror, obviously, in their closet, but in a bathroom that can be important too, depending on what you're doing in there. And if you've allotted space for like actual getting ready in your closet space, a full length mirror in the bathroom somewhere may be appropriate. And those things, having proper lighting on those will be something you want to think through. One of the biggest things, you know, right now are these illuminated mirrors. I get a request for illuminated mirror instead of a vanity light all the time because it's seen as something that that shows you more. Now, still, when you go out, I would argue that most of the lights that are going to be on you would come from above. So it's good to be kind of able to emulate if you're thinking about like you may like to look at yourself more with a light directly on you instead of like right now where I've got like the big shadow on my face but if you can see what you will most likely look like when you're out that can help (laughs) as well to help you feel more connected with the way that you want to think about yourself when you're out and about so the mirrors and uh, lighting in the bathroom now just little tips Every bathroom needs an exhaust fan, but there's also usually ceiling lights. And the one company I've seen that makes a very nice uh, exhaust fan that's integrated with a light. And so I tend to use those and put one in the toilet room and one near the shower in the bathroom so that you can remove the air that you want to get out of your bathroom appropriately. And um, it helps a little bit with the humidity as well. So I'm a huge fan of those. Now, another thing that we don't tend to think about too much in the bathrooms is the air conditioning. So, you know, I talked about exhaust, but the supply. And so I tend to use the Aria vents in bathrooms. They're very, very hidden and easy to install. Linear diffusers are nice, but these tend to provide the appropriate amount for typical bathrooms while being very indiscreet and allowing the materials and finishes and fixtures that you pick to stand out instead of the big AC vent looking like an afterthought. And I'm going to harp on that a lot because I talk about it a ton in the construction process and design process. So we've kind of gone through those major things. Now you're going to get to the tactile elements. Now, of course, the sinks and the toilet and stuff like that have tactile elements. And planning those are very, very important. Now, one, I would say, this is just a a tip, is there's no reason to buy a toilet with an exposed P-trap on the side anymore. I remember when I built my house, and this was eight years ago, I was so happy that I found a toilet that had a hidden P-trap on the side of it because I didn't have to clean it and I didn't see the bolts and it just didn't look ugly. Now, it's so easy to find those and they're not expensive. They're just a little bit more than a regular toilet. So at whatever level toilet you want, that's a smaller upgrade from whatever you would would get. So that's just a tip. But one of the most difficult things with a toilet is you can get different colors, different functionality, but the hardware on a lot of toilets is integrated and Chrome is the most popular. So I give priority to that. And if you're wanting all black hardware in your bathroom, and then it ends up that you have to have a chrome button on the toilet or chrome lever, that can be a little 
out there for me. I like to try to make sure it's integrated wherever possible. So some toilets, you are able to switch those out and some you can't. So you want to make sure you can either buy it from the factory with the finish you want, that the finish is metal and you can get it powder coated. Or if it's plastic, you can take it to get epoxied with the finish that matches. You know, if you've got brass fixtures or black or white, whatever you want, that you can make that happen with the fixture you've selected. And that's one of the most overlooked things that I've seen in bathrooms is the hardware on the toilet itself. Even though people have kind of gotten a little more into making sure the toilet itself is aesthetically pleasing. So now with the sink, that's the big one. Everybody tries to get matching faucet and a matching shower head. And those are more common because a lot of the companies make the same thing. You're going to have the same hardware. But there's two things when you think about your hardware. How does it relate to the overall look and feel of your home, the thing that you've wanted to tell the narrative for, or is it supposed to be a stark contrast? I worked on a, one project where the entire project had the same kind of overarching concept, but in the bathrooms, each one was its own little nexus of energy of experience, which in that case, that was really exciting. And on some other projects, it's meant to be part and parcel with the whole house. You know, we chose all the faucets for the kitchen and the bathrooms in the same line, same manufacturer. And that's great too. So you need to decide what you want to do. If it's in contrast to the house, then you can do another exercise with the architectural DNA of just that to find out how does the contrast or threshold happen between the two. One thing that we've done is we did a, a house where we made custom tile for the kitchen and the bathrooms, but each one was related to each other, but it was changed a little bit, but they all obviously made by the same person, the same type of mix. So you could have that same feeling, but there was different colors and moods between the kitchen and the three bathrooms in the house. And so that made for a really nice connection of material and narrative while providing variation. But as you can imagine, then you order different accessories and trim and hardware and things like that to go with all those different items so that in and of themselves, it feels like a complete room. So that's uh, the next step is, you know, you're going to have towel racks, you're going to have your toilet paper holder, you're going to have perhaps uh, shelves and cabinetry and the finish of your sink. So those are all things that are going to go in there that will add to the tactile. You know, you're going to touch your cabinet. How do you want your hand to interact with that? Where do you want the towels and the toilet paper placed? Do you want those built in or separate things like shelves and stuff like that? You know, I was talking with a client yesterday and we decided instead of doing things mounted on the wall, they wanted to have a little center and it's it's more of like cabinetry. And, it you know, we felt like that just elevated kind of like the feeling of having hospitality versus just these, you know, fixtures you're stuck on the wall. So all the toilet paper and towels and things like that are going to be in a cabinet in the bathroom to give it that extra feel of intention and, and intimacy. <laughs> and that's one of the biggest things is kind of the the vanities tend to have more of the wood and things like that that add that warmth to the bathroom. And then people just immediately will go to like tile and stuff like that for the floor. So if you can get samples and piece everything together. And of course, people will start at the beginning of a project. I'm actually 
always telling people, don't do an image board. Talk more about the narrative and what you want first. Then you can start getting images that communicate those thoughts to you. Now, it's perfectly okay to look at an image and try to write the words and extract what it means to you. But I like to start with your brain, with your thoughts. So you can do an, a material board about the finishes in the bathroom. What do you want? And also you want to think about maintenance for all these things, cleaning, grout joints, moisture on wood. What do you want your experience to be like? Do you want glass? Do you want to make sure you pay to get the glass that's easier to clean? And so on and so forth. And making sure that you plan these things with your architect. Now, it's always up for adjustment until the architect and the builder have given you thresholds for when you need to order the items during the project. I offer that having a clear expectation before you just put stuff in, either a render that you've done, accurate render, a material board, everything in front of you so you're not surprised when you see two things next to each other. And then getting even more detailed and more functional are the light switches and the plugs that go in the bathroom. In addition to the AC vent, those are three of the most overlooked things. You have a beautiful bathroom, and then you just have regular white switches everywhere. And there are so many options today for being able to tell your story and your narrative through these fixtures. And it, and it just levels it up. You know, when you touch those switches every day, or if you, you know, nowadays you can even do things that are more integrated as far as operation versus just touching motion sensors or voice activation, things like that, adds that extra level of intimacy and connection to organism or your home. And so that may seem like last, but I already have my list of things that I like to suggest to clients and then other ones that we can suggest from other companies. So we're going to go from the big idea for your bathroom that comes from your architectural DNA and how you want to integrate or contrast with that all the way down to where your thumb touches that light switch when you walk in or the motion sensor when you walk in and you don't have to touch it. I'm JD Carling. I'm your architect. And I want to see you enjoying your home from the biggest idea all the way down to the smallest touch. And that's what we're here for. Join us next week where we continue kitchen, bath and beyond. And I guess we started with bath, but we'll talk about kitchens next week. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't, Go on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and subscribe so each Friday you get your reminder about our podcast. If you're ready to start your custom home or your project, go to ca-rd.com and click book a consultation. There's a questionnaire there and then we'll schedule your call and that questionnaire helps us be prepared to talk with you beforehand. I'm so happy to be able to share the joy of designing bathrooms with you today and I look forward to being with you next time. And I, I did miss say something. So this is a series, but I also will be having a few guests. So it may skip an episode. I believe next week I will do kitchens, but I have two guests that I've been discussing coming on the show that I want to accommodate them. So whenever they're available, I may have them. So it may skip a week, but we'll be back to that. And then just to lay out the plan, there will be going through after kitchen bath and all that stuff, we're going to go through the architectural specification. And that surely doesn't sound fun. But what is very fun is understanding all the different elements that are going into your custom home. So we're going to start all the way at the one about land. Division two is the existing conditions. And we're going to walk you through all the way through 
Division 3233, which is exterior improvement. So starting with the land, building the house, and then finishing off the land. We're going to take you through that process over a series of episodes. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you so much. This is J.D. Carling saying goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want to discuss or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.